Everyone's got opinions when it comes to leadership, and let's be honest, how many experts do we all know? But where can we find real leadership advice that's not BS? Well, look no further. Welcome to No BS Leadership, where on each episode, we attempt to expose the gap between what leaders think they should be doing and what actually works without the BS. Listen in as we irritate some, inform others, and challenge all leaders to discover a better path to the leadership excellence we all want. There we go. The No More Leadership BS Singers, everybody. Good night. Back with another episode of the No More Leadership BS Podcast. I have the, okay, get the hook, get those guys off the stage. I have the- have a gentle uh, homologue here. Exactly. <laughs> Privilege of hosting this episode. I'm Jeff Geyer with Phoenix Coaching, and I'm here with the best leaders in the world, Myra Hall, Jeff Geoff McLaughlin, Dr. Sam Jennings, and Jeff Conroy. What's on, man? You can call him lots of different things, but Conroy is the real name. <laughs> And today, in today's episode, we want to witness talk protection about- program. Oh, that's right. Sorry, I go. Oh, I hope was is not listening, right? Oh, it was right. <laughs> was listening. Now, yeah, that program's over now. Sorry. Oh, where'd he go? His screen just went black. Damn it. <laughs> we want to talk today about this whole idea or myth that people, employees, just want to show up to their job, just do their job, and go home. And sometimes I, I think maybe even I've had that feeling sometimes I just want to get through the day. I just want to just go to work, get my job done, keep my head down and go home. And the myth, we believe that the reality really is that employees, all of us, myself included, really want to be seen and heard and cared for. It's critical that employees are engaged with their employer. That's the reality. The myth is I'm just going to show up, do my job, and go home. Dr. Sam, in your extensive experience in higher education and other places, I know you've wrestled with this myth-reality challenges. <laughs> yeah, the other places, we won't talk about those because those are also in his witness protection program. <laughs> so t- talk about, compare and contrast this myth and reality thing from your perspective. So the comparison, before we get there, I'd like folks, as your Listening to this, if you're on a treadmill, bike, car, gardening, whatever you're doing, please key in on what Jeff just said as the lead in. If you're going to work and you feel like you know, I keep my head down, so I do my thing, get in, get out, that is a pretty strong indicator that burnout is camping out, ready to show up. So if that, if he said it and you went, yeah, I'm all about that, pretty please examine what else is going on in the world. So to your point, when people go to work, they want to do a good job. They want the ability to have access to the tools and the people to get good work there because most people want to be successful, whatever that looks like for them. And when people talk about the bad cultures, the work culture was toxic, the work environment was terrible. That is full on nonsense. Culture is created by people. People quit their bosses. And if bosses and leadership are creating that culture that yeah. people want to leave, it's humans doing that. It doesn't just exist out of nowhere. It doesn't just happen. It's intentional either by action or inaction. So when folks are having this sense of, oh, give me in, give me out as fast as possible because every day sucks. 
it's a little bit worse than the last one. That's it's fixable, but somebody has to take action to do it. And if the bosses are watching this and thinking, "Well, just don't want to work anymore," you just don't want to be treated like crap anymore. So change behavior and get folks into a place where they can be successful and thrive. Yeah, D- Doctor Sam, don't beat around the bush. I tell it like it is. <laughs> Hit the nail on the head right now. <laughs> Isn't that the truth, people? It, and it doesn't matter, man. I, that is so succinct. And this is the no more leadership BS part. And what Sam just said is people don't want to be treated like crap. So that is absolutely true. And Myra, I know in your experience, you've had some of that, or at least had bosses maybe sometimes that seem to want to, with malice of forethought, treat people like crap. And I have, and inadvertently, I've treated people like crap. And not unwillingly, unknowingly, but as it turns out, I didn't listen close enough to what was really going on. But I want to park more on something that Sam touched on is not doing something about it. When you just want to go to work and with your head down, you're not happy. You don't know what to do about it. You just keep plowing on. For one thing, things don't stay the same. They'll never stay static. If you don't do something about it, it's going to get worse. I'll guarantee you it will get worse. It's not going to fix itself. The other thing is you've got to take action. You've got to take action. And that reminds me of a story. When I was growing up, we we had eight kids. We didn't have a lot of money, hand-me-downs, that type of thing, which was fine. I never felt But shoes, we always got brand new. And they were expensive because we got Buster Brown shoes. You guys probably don't even know what Buster Brown shoes are. Oh, yeah. Got them in Pendleton, by the way, Jeff Conrad. There you go. (laughs) At the Buster Brown shoes store. The kingdom. And I had overheard my mom talking about things, just money wasn't stretching very far. So I didn't tell her that my shoes were hurting my feet because I'd outgrown them. And guess what? My feet did not get smaller because I ignored it. They didn't, these shoes didn't automatically start fitting better because I ignored it. Every day it got worse and worse. And finally she noticed that I was like walking with limping because it hurt. And she immediately found the money someplace. She took action and it relieved the pain. And just know that if you are in pain going to work, because that's not normal. That's not normal. You should at least enjoy your job enough that, you know, that it's fulfilling in you that you're not just forcing yourself to go every day. So you need to figure out, and as coaches, we help you with that, is what action do you need to take to to stop the pain and grow because your feet grow and you will grow. I'll guarantee you both of those from a change. And you don't stay stuck because you're not stuck. You're going downhill. That's my two cents worth for the day. Ooh, there you go. If you think you're stuck, you're really not. You're going downhill. Ooh, I love that, Myra. Good. Gee off. Whether we're stuck or not, whether you're the leader or not, this is a No More Leadership podcast, No More Leadership S podcast. So as the leader, if we're looking at the employees and they don't seem happy and they seem stuck or they seem like their feet are hurt and we know we're supposed to take action, 
But what should we do? Let's actually you know what, what Myra just said was brilliant. And when you notice something, you need to take action. As a leader taking action, what does that look like? And are you going to take the right action? Because inaction is still choosing a choice. It's choosing not to do anything, ignoring the issue. Like Myra said, doesn't make the pain go away. If you see that happening to your employees, take action. Ask. Just be there, be present and be willing to say, Hey, what's going on? And it could be something simple as, Hey, budge, my computer is not working right. I'm having a really hard time keeping up with things because all the programs are wrong. Something got something going on. Great. Let's take it to the IT guy, get that thing fixed and get you on the road to success. Cause again, like Myra said, work should not be painful. Work should not be something that causes you stress, anxiety, depression. If you're going to do something with your life, then you got to do it for 40 plus hours a week. It better be something that contributes to the good things in your life and not detracts and takes time off your life because of stress and anxiety. So as a leader, as a boss, bad word, sorry, as a leader, creating that environment of trust, acceptance, and value is huge. And if you want to change behaviors, I did this in kindergarten when I was a kindergarten teacher. And I remember one professor told me this and they said a four to one ratio. If you catch a kid doing something wrong, which you're going to because they're five years old and they're little tiny humans and they're just like wrestling squirrels. If you find something wrong, you have to find four things good before you can talk to them about something naughty again. And so I started to implement that in the classroom. And if I mentally took a checklist like, hey, nope, Billy, I need you to go sit down. I then had to recognize four positive behaviors from Billy before I could chastise him on anything else. And it was so incredibly transformative in the classroom when I started using positive behavior and just going rewarding positive behavior with just a simple, hey, I really like how you're sitting right now. You're, I like, like that you're doing your work. That's great. Thank you so much for that. And all of a sudden, kids around that kid would go, I'm doing my work too. Like, yes, thank you. You are. I appreciate that. You guys are working so hard right now. And every time I gave praise for those positive behaviors, everybody straightened up and started doing the things that, that got that positive reward. And I had to very rarely do any kind of negative, hey, knock it off over there because they were all looking for that praise. And so if you're a leader and you want to change, look for the positive and reward that. Even if it's something as simple as, hey, I really appreciate how hard you're working. I want you to know I see you on this. And that can be huge. That can be really huge. And it, you, you did not say treat your employees like kindergarten. I did not specifically say that, no. <laughs> because I think at some point they'll be like, wait a minute, that's just a sneaky teacher trick. I know you guys. <laughs> no, but that's human behavior. We want to be recognized for effort. We want to be recognized for doing good things. And even those very introverted people, it doesn't have to be some big public, here's your award. You did a great job. There are some people that love that, but there's also the people that just want to be recognized for doing good work. And if you as a leader can say, you know what? I see how hard you're working on this project. I really appreciate that time and effort. And I know that the outcome is going to be spectacular because of the work you're putting in. That it's like the emotional bank account and it goes in there and it's, it's something that you can pull out later in life. It's one of those big things. And I think, 
Can I just yes. I throw something in here? Yeah. Is this is it's rarely what you feel like doing. It's rarely what you feel like doing, especially if it's not been your habit. What you feel like doing is telling them to sit down and shut up and get your work done. And if that is the problem of any one person listening, know that there's nothing wrong with you. You're not a terrible person. That's how you've been taught and that's how you've learned to react. And it takes work. It takes work to recognize that and and work at making the changes. I love what you said about rules is a really good thing. Okay, I did a, I put him in his place. I did a negative there. So let's look for four positive. And when you have intention, which is a whole nother podcast, the power of intention, then you're more likely to go ahead with that. And before long, you will overcome what you feel like doing for, in fact, you even might start feeling like doing it, but for what is actually the best. Yeah, absolutely. The thing I was musing on when Geoff was mentioning the kiddos is in adults, we I'll say, oh, I don't like rewarding and recognizing people for doing the bare minimums. But it made me think, what if we should? What if we should recognize that person for saying, you're showing up every day, you're getting it done, appreciate you. Maybe not doing it above and beyond, but maybe it's okay to say, I'm digging this because maybe it hasn't happened in their lives prior to, or maybe just having that boss come in with a comment that is even gently positive and not negative will help the conversations down the road. I'm not suggesting, let's say, everybody gets a trophy situation, but it is maybe where everybody gets to matter and your contributions matter. Even if you're not going to change the trajectory of the entire organization, but you're still doing your thing. And that's pretty awesome. Appreciate it. Yeah. Dr. Sam, I don't know. I can't remember. Was it you that was, that one of your kids was working at McDonald's and was recognized? Or is it? Yeah. That, that all of a sudden, like yep. they, they were like just, just showing up. And then all of a sudden, yep. because the manager started recognizing, tell us that real fast, because I think that's yeah, yeah. a really good example of exactly what we're talking about. Yep. So my, both kiddos worked at McDonald's and my younger one was working there and had been working pretty consistently. And then for a while, it was winter months and just things go a bit slower. It was working like one or two shifts a week. And it's okay. That's just how it goes. And then one day he's at work and one of the managers says, have you been employee of the month yet? My kids, no, why not? And why are you not on the schedule? And then recognized that you haven't worked enough and started filling in the schedule, even maybe more full than my kid was expecting, which is pretty good recognition, pretty neat. But the behavior, which is different, and I'm guessing if we have, not yes, but for those of you listening who are parents, whether you've got adults or little ones, that kiddo has behaviors in the house and behaviors out of the house. Yep. I can't get my kiddo to do chores, the most basic level of chores in the house, but at work, oh yeah, I took out the trash and I realized that this needed picked up, but that needed stocked and this needed cleaned out. He did what at work? Yeah. He bring 20% of that home, maybe? But that's how they show up at work and get recognized for that above and beyond and the positive attitude during. So yeah, the, I, the I correlation remember, I, of this whole conversation is the bosses are paying attention. And when somebody shows up and starts doing work, it's going to make note. And then when that starts to fade, that also. It, it, it gets noticed. I remember going to conferences my, for my youngest daughter and they would say, oh, she's such a joy. She's such a treat. She helps each other, helps other kids out. And my wife and I are looking at the teacher going, are we talking about the same kid? Not, she's not this tall, blonde, blue eyed kid. Seriously? This, can you send her home? 
<laughs> we want that one. I don't know. Yeah. Is that what it's not ours? Are you sure? hundred percent? Cause we'll take that one. <laughs> yeah. So I learned a long time ago, I heard the phrase manage like a parent. Par- parents want to make sure you're successful. Parents want to make sure you have a good foundation. Parents want to make sure that, that you're a contributing member of society. They don't care if you're happy. <laughs> they just want to make sure that you, that you're doing everything that you should be doing and that, and you're being recognized for that. Now your happiness, that's a you thing. Are you happy? But if, if you're doing your job, you should be recognized for it. Even if I've had, I had a boss once say, God, I really like my job. And he goes, you're doing really well. And he goes, and I go, yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. And he goes, that's why I hired you. That's what I hired you for. It was this that attitude. I'm like, okay, I'll just keep doing what I'm doing then. But it, that's where I, I talk about it in a different episode where if you're doing more than your job description, you should be, you should be recognized for that and compensated for that. Right. And when yeah. people say phrases like we let in with, I'm just going to put my head down and do my work or I'm just a number. Yes. Then there's no opportunity to be recognized as a human if you feel like you're just an entry in the books. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And it goes back to the humans involved in the process. If readers yeah. aren't saying to folks, appreciate what you did, then they are just a number. You're coming in, filling a slot for eight hours and going home. That's it. But wouldn't that also, that kind of translates into the academic world too. Two of my three kids wanted to go to a smaller school because they had the attitude of, if I go to a big school, 20, 30, 40,000, then I'm just a quote unquote social security number. I don't have, I'm one of 200 people in a classroom, but they wanted that more intimate, personal relationship building, smaller class, class size and smaller school. Hell, my son went to a school that had 1400 students. Right. And he almost knew everybody. Yeah. That's a con, right? But people sometimes like that. For sure. Yeah. I think that's a great example because there is a, a phrase, I can't recall it exactly, but it has to do with a manageable scale at a university campus, oh. which to me translates across to the same thing at any work environment. So that scale is if you feel like you belong where you are, it doesn't matter how big or how small yes. it's as long as you're a little packet of it. Yes. So yes. for people who have those three or 400 person lecture halls. I oh, hate this. Odds are decent. The person doing the lecture doesn't love it either. And if they do, you're not their people. They will find your fits and your connections with people along the way. Yes. They work if you are one of a jillion employees and you don't matter to the guy who's bringing in all the money at the top of that chain, but you may be a great colleague to somebody on the floor with you or your supervisor may say, man, this person really does it. And that's where that connection lives is yep. in those little, uh, they find their people, miniature versions of the world. Yeah. But they're, yep. they're microcosm. They find their people. Yep. yep. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So interesting. So that's what's interesting that you bring that up because there was a lot of research that went into the optimal size of organizations and it's that stemmed that the optimal size stemmed from group dynamics. And mm-hmm. so it was right around a hundred, 150 people. Where you could actually know everybody on the team. You could actually know personal details about them. And you had a connection with those people. As soon as it got bigger than that, when it moved up to that 175, 200 people, it became too large. And then you started dividing down into smaller groups. Now, obviously, there's organizations that are in the thousands and tens of thousands. But they are going to make their own microcosms, their own little tiny groups of people that that they feel beholden to. As long as you can do that, as long as you have that group where you feel connected yep. and you feel like you're valued and you are a part, like you're supporting other people are supporting you, that is, that's vital for just human, being human. 
Yeah. And if right. it happens in the workplace, that's even better because you're engaged in the process. Yeah. And right. that's and, what but, we're always looking for. And communities are that way. The mm-hmm. three of the right. three, Jeff and Sam and I all live in the same community. And pre-COVID, my wife and I would always say, we go to restaurants and grocery stores and know people that we know everybody. And this is it. We're what, a community of 45, 50,000 people? And we know a lot of people. We know the people in our area. Post-COVID, where we had a major flood of people come into come into our community. I, personally, I don't feel that way anymore. I don't really see anybody at the grocery store anymore or restaurants anymore. And it makes it's new it, people. It's new people and it's uncomfortable. Right. It's uncomfortable. Yeah. But I still hang out with quote unquote, my people. We just don't see each other out in the wild like we used to. That's a great <laughs> example. It's focus on that. What you described is you go out now, you don't feel comfortable. It doesn't feel the same. And when we go to work, if we feel like we have a connection with people, our little yeah. microcosm, that's good. Yeah. There's still an opportunity for us and them this, right? Yeah. Yep. We hear our people. We get it. We are feeling valued in this space, but those people, they don't get us. Yeah. Same organization. Yeah. Never change run on the ladder. Yeah. So the leaders are making sure that it's not just we as an individual feel good, but we as a community, like that we belong to this larger community still. Yeah. It's continual relationship building and ensuring that folks know that their place isn't hogging the system. It is a system. Yeah. They're part of this yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a call order for sure. It, it's West Side Storage Sharks and the Jets. <laughs> da, 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 da. You know what? They belonged where they were. Yeah. They belonged right. where they were. They fit. And yeah, it got dicey there at the end, but as far as the sociology of it, yeah. they were happy with the people that you know, their gang, their, yeah. their people. Yeah. Like Cockrell says, manage like a mom. They want you to be successful. They want you to move out. They want you to do well in life. They don't care if you're happy. And they will slap you upside the head if it, you're wrong. And they will. Wa-bam. God, my mom. i pretty my mom. sure that's HR, not HR approved. Do you remember, you bring that up. Remember in grade school, you know, the board of education, the principal had the board of education. Hell, yeah. if you did that now. Oh, dear. You wouldn't be employed. Fun out when you can hit kids. Yeah. Yeah, oh, right. Good old days. No <laughs> wow. wonder people don't want to be teachers anymore. Oh, corporal how many punishment. Good, how many be- positive behaviors do you have to give for one good squat on the BI? I'm guessing that's more like a 10 to 1 kind of a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the ones with holes drilled in them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember that. I remember that one too. Yeah. Yeah. Here's an example of leading like a parent. I like that metaphor in the sense that a good leader at some point will recognize somebody has outgrown their space. Yeah. As a parent, you realize that your kiddo's grown beyond whatever it, if it's a literal, like their bed size, like my son, my shoe size, or maybe they get to a particular age, it's okay. So is it college or is it work? What's your next move here? Because this isn't attainable in this capacity. Somebody's an employee, like, okay, you're doing great. Things are going well. What's your next move? I'm not saying you have to go. Right. You stay as long as you like, but let's not make believe that you don't have growth. So well, how's that look for you? And as a leader, I always felt it was my job to create more leaders. If, a, yeah. if so, I've had numerous leaders leave my, my place of employment to become a leader in another organization. So I see it as I've, I'm creating an ally. Yeah. If I've got a director working for me and they're leaving to become the executive director someplace else, that's beautiful. They're, whether they know it or not, they're going to take some of the things that I taught them with them. It's like football coaches, the tree, the coaching trees. 
it's the same thing. It's the leadership trees. Our right. job is to create more leaders. Absolutely. And seeds, and with that water, fertilize, yes. do it all. That's right. That's right. That's right. So we're going to make the executive decision that our friend Richard Dyer had to take a step away. I think due to technological gremlins is beautiful. I think he's cool. So we're going to wrap this, this <laughs> show up and just reiterate that you as a leader who help the people be seen and understand that when they show up, they're coming to work as a whole person. You can't just leave life at home and bring work to work. It's not that easy. We're recognizing folks are showing up to do their best. What do I mean from that moment? If you're an individual who's showing up, feel like you're just a number or you can keep my head down, don't make any waves, give us an email, give us a call. Let's chat about that because that is not you thriving. That's you surviving. And that's even arguable. But all of us here, no more leadership BS. We want everybody to be successful, as happy as you can possibly be at work. And we want you to continue listening. So to do that, please give us that five-star rating. Tell a friend or all your friends. If you're like me, you have five. And that's all good. Just tell your people, <laughs> I've listened if you could. We are on every podcast platform and now including YouTube. We just want to make sure that we're getting our message out to as many people who can hear it. So on behalf of all of us, thank you for listening and hear us next week. Bye. 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 Bye.